ultimately, I think if we were able to bring this bill to a vote in our Capitol right now with the makeup of the legislature that we have um, in both the Senate and the Assembly, that it would pass. Hey, we're releasing the episode a day late because today is a national or even worldwide holiday. It's 420. Maybe you're somebody like me who relies on the medicinal properties of cannabis to treat symptoms. We'll hear about more of that later. Want to let you know that one month from right now on May 20th is our next Story Slam. The theme is Boldly. We'll be at the Wilmar Center. Doors open at 6, stories start at 7, so come prepared for great stories on that night. We are raising money that night for the Wilmar Center to help them put on Fête de Marquette if we raise enough money. We'll be at the stage, the cabaret stage at Fête de Marquette this year. It's going to be a good time. So please come on out and help us raise money for them for that. Today I'm talking with Democratic Senate leader Melissa Agard about a lot of different things, but mainly legalization of cannabis in Wisconsin. Yeah, Madison is. It's a, it is a magical place, but it's also a broken place. Mm. And I think at the end of the day, people in Madison are really proud to say that they are Madisonians, but also realize that there's a lot of work that needs to be done here. Mm. I think that because we are so proud of our community and know what it is that we can do with each other, that there's a lot of hope that we can continue to be innovative leaders, um, providing safe places for people and solving big problems. Yeah. Uh, but certainly uh, we continue to struggle with solving those problems. Uh, I think a little unknown fact about me, maybe known by the people who love me the most, uh, my brother and sister are both um, black and I am not. And growing up in Madison, um, you know, eating the same food, sleeping in the same house, uh, going to the same schools, playing on the same playgrounds, right. driving on the same streets, really experiencing the city um, in the same way, you know, that my siblings did. They had a totally different experience yeah, in Madison I would imagine. than I did. And I am hopeful that eventually we'll get to the point where it isn't a different experience for people based on um, who they love or what color their skin is um, or what type of education or they anything have. anything that or, makes them right, different, right? That's right. Yeah. Like instead we just lift each other up and see each other's magic. I and love that. That's why I want to, you know, I, I love it here, um, but I also see it as a place that um, with hard work we can make better. Yeah. Listeners, I am talking with uh, Senator Melissa Agard. She's the Senate Democratic Leader. And uh, I will go ahead and give it away that I tried really hard not to say Senate Minority Leader. It, do, it's, it, it does seem like something that somebody uh, decided to be like, but you're not the majority. Like, it, it does certainly feel that way, doesn't it? So the Senate Democratic Leader. I, I know you because I reached out to you about cannabis in Wisconsin, and we're, we're for sure going to talk about that. But I love what you were just talking about, the city of Madison. And I just recently moved back from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. I, I grew up my whole life in Madison, and then my wife and I moved out there last year. But she got pregnant, and we moved back to, you know, family and support system is here. It makes sense. One thing I loved about Steamboat is... It's, it's a really extreme place to live. It, it is, you are up in the mountains, you're in Route County. It's, it is the wilderness, more or less. If it wasn't for it being a ski resort town, you would not have any kind, kind of like signs of civilization really there. And it, so it takes, it takes some boldness to live there, but what it also takes is community. 
And there's this real sense that everybody there is your is your neighbor, is your family, is your community member. Because, you know, it's such an extreme place. If you're broken down on the side of the road, on the mountain, and somebody drives by and stops, you, you need it. You, and you stop because you want somebody to stop for you. People asked me a lot when we first moved back in January, what do you notice that's different? The first thing I said is sunsets. Sunsets are way different here. <laughs> They're not as good, I hate to say it. A pretty sunset here is pretty good, but you know. But then the other thing that I noticed is that Madison is so segregated. And I don't just mean in the way that people think of, you know, people hear that word and they immediately think race, they immediately think sexuality and things like that. But Madison is a place where who you are is kind of put upon you by the things you do. You, you are, you're a musician, so you're segregated as a musician. You're a comic, so you're segregated as a comic. You're a garbage person, you're, so you're seg like. It doesn't matter what you are. Madison is very focused on what makes us different, and then how can we all maybe come together as different people. But it just wasn't that way in Steamboat. In Steamboat, it was just everybody's. You know, we're all the same, and we're all in the same community. And I've said many times that if we could get Madison to break past that segregation and be a little bit more like. Steamboat be a little bit more like a place where it's kind of extreme to live there so that we understand we need each other. What, mm -hmm. a, what a beautiful place this could be. So you're totally right that the, Madison is great. It's magical. It's lovely, but it's got way more potential. It has tons of potential. And I think even adding to your... Um, examples of segregation, you have a totally different experience if you're a student on campus. Right. You don't even realize that there is a city where people are living around you. Or if you're someone who lives in the Willie Street um, Isthmus East neighborhood, you're having a totally different experience than someone that's over in the Odana neighborhoods right. in the city of Madison. So it's almost like we're a bunch of suburbs of each other. Uh, totally. I'm not sure who the, the center of it is there in my story <laughs> of suburbs. But, you know, I think I think that there are so many ways that people in Madison try to make themselves be special for who they are, right. as opposed to um, leaning into the compassion and the fact that we can be more special if we stop seeing ourselves as unique, um, hmm. seeing our community as unique, and that we do better when we when we actually see each other eye to eye. You know, it's something that's really hard to, uh, for a lot of people, I am one of these people, it's really hard to admit that you need help. It's hard to I'll go a step further. It's hard to admit that you need people. Uh, there's something about that Midwest proud kind of thing of like, I can do this on my own. I, I don't do need it. people to, mm -hmm. it's not even the help because I would take help, but I hate that I need people. But you're so right that when we get connected with people and people in our immediate community, it's just, it's, it, it has such an impact not only on your community, but you personally. It's, you're just, you live a better life with people. And I think one thing coming out of the pandemic, a lot of us, myself included, the isolation was really good. I lost 100 pounds in the first, three or the first six months of 2020, and a lot of that had to do with all of the isolation. Um, I just got really healthy, but eventually that isolation that was good kind of just creeps into the bad side, and you start closing all these things off. We ended this podcast in our live event I did. I ended it because of that kind of isolation. Coming out of the pandemic, we just need these reminders that, no, we need people. We, we need people. Yeah, we need community. We need people like Melissa Agard. We need things like Madison Story Slam, reaching out into the community and connecting people. I, that's why I wanted you on, because you, you, you can't be a good senator and not connect people. And you're a great senator because you connect people. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, thank you. <laughs>
Um, speaking of stories and storytelling, that's kind of what we focus on a little bit. I had a thought that as a state of Wisconsin senator and as the, the Democratic leader, you know, you are pretty responsible for a lot of Wisconsin's story and have been since like 2012, right? Is that right? Just about, yeah. So that's over a decade of you helping steer the ship that is the Wisconsin state story. What's that pressure like? I know what pressure as a storyteller is like from a stage and maybe from behind a microphone. I don't know that pressure of like, you are helping steer history. What is that like? Yeah, wow, you just like blew my mind a little bit with that question. Certainly, I feel a lot of responsibility with the job that I have as an elected official here in Wisconsin and a big frame in which I come to work every day, right? Like it is hard. It mm. has been hard in um, Wisconsin. Our politics have been broken and people have a hard time even caring or engaging in the political realm because right. it has been so divisive and broken. And I very much believe that what happened in Wisconsin um, early on in the Walker administration has been a bit of a science experiment, almost like a Petri dish interesting. Um, That's an that has been carried out to the federal level. Mm -hmm. And that make, it breaks my heart to see some of that division. Um, That's that, immediately what I thought that of when divisiveness. you brought the, the, the division. That's mm -hmm. a, clearly what it was. Yeah, And now it's happening at the federal level. Yeah. And I, I think that Folks saw that happening in Wisconsin and carried it forward. But I also know, like as a proud Wisconsinite, right, like there's something in our DNA. Mm. Not only was I born here, but many generations of my family have been born here. Life hasn't always been easy, right? There's farmers, there's there's loss, there's love, um, there's the building of community, there's um, community falling apart, just, you know, generations of, of our state being here and people being here on this earth. Um, in this great place of Wisconsin, hmm. I very much believe that in order for us to be able to move forward, that we need um, decision makers and leaders, whether they're actually elected through government or they're raising their hand in their community, to have people in those positions that have a sense of, of compassion and empathy for their neighbors um, and aren't afraid to sit down and have difficult conversations um, or hear difficult stories yeah. and um, really believe in the possibility of what can be. Hmm. And I never imagined that I was going to run to be a senator in the state of Wisconsin, right? Like this building that we're in right now, um, it's an amazing building, but it was a place that I came to on field trips when I was in school. Yeah. I was a free and reduced lunch kid. I learned how to go grocery shopping with my family with WIC vouchers and food stamps that looked a little bit like Monopoly money back mm -hmm. in the day. Yeah. Um, I was housing insecure. And I think about the fact that if it weren't for my public school teachers asking me what my dreams were, asking me what I wanted to be, and then letting me know that I could actually do that if I worked hard on an everyday basis, I don't think I would be here. And, and I do worry about our state that because of the divisiveness, because of the way people see politics um, in Wisconsin and in our nation, and I see some of it um, seeping over into other countries even at this point, that that lack of compassion, that lack of the ability of being able to see each other for the good that we have, and really me believing that government is formed to provide um, opportunity, mm -hmm. um, safety, security uh, for individuals to remove barriers instead of to, to add barriers. That that's what my job is. Mm -hmm. I need like I need to take the space that I am taking to provide other people the opportunity to have their stories told yeah. um, and to remove those barriers. 
And, you know, serendipitously, I mean, maybe that's a, a, a topic for another podcast. Here I am, yeah. you know, as a kid that grew up, right, right. Not believing that this was something that would ever happen. Here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that every day when I come into this building that, you know, it is a privilege to be here. Um, and there are a lot of people that are depending on me, not only the 180,000 constituents in the 16th Senate district, but now being elected to be the leader of the Democratic caucus here in the state Senate um, because of gerrymandering. I very much believe that there are only 11 Senate Democrats in Wisconsin, but we're representing right. the views and the values of the majority of the people in Wisconsin. Yeah. The deck is just really stacked. Yeah. And that, that can be overwhelming because somehow I need to figure out how can I connect with these people that aren't just in my district, but are across the state who may be disillusioned or... Um, It's so easy to be disillusioned. (laughs) Maybe unrepresented, right? Right. Um, And trust is hard to earn. Yeah. um, And it's pretty easily broken. And Mm. I think the trust of... um, electoral politics is is broken right now. So that to I, I me is the biggest, <laughs> that's my big job. You right do not now. have a job that I am envious of. I'll, you know, no, listen, I was a state government employee uh, for five years. I'm not envious of any state government employee, but especially the legislatures and the lawmakers and like all you guys just, it's not, it's not an enviable position to be in, in, in a time where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, no matter what. It's so important though. Yeah. Right. Like I have always been a glasses half full person. Right. So even though it is hard and there are days I go home and I feel pretty bruised or Mm. I feel really frustrated. um, I feel like things are never going to turn around. Right. Depending on the day. There are also the days where I believe that I finally connected with someone who's, you know, going to make it that that connection is going to make a difference. Maybe in that individual's life, but maybe that connection is going to make a difference in multiple people's mm, lives yeah. and remembering that it is, it's about one step at a time. It's not about tackling the whole entire project. Yeah, you can't, you can't just turn the whole ship around at once, right? No, that you're no. going to capsize the ship if you do that. But you know, sometimes maybe the capsizing needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as no one's hurt. <laughs> right, right. Um, I did want to, let's talk a little bit about cannabis. I am, I'm a big fan of cannabis. Uh, listeners, regular listeners of the show uh, know that I, I'm a sober alcoholic. Uh, I would call myself California sober. A big factor in maintaining that sobriety is my relationship to cannabis. I, I think of cannabis more as a daily supplement than I think of it as a, dr- a drug. It's very strange to hear people talk about it uh, as a drug. And it's very strange that it's at the federal level uh, classified as a, it's, it's uh, scheduled as a, is it schedule one? Schedule one. Which yeah. means it has no medicinal benefits. Pretty scary other substances on schedule one too. Yeah. And schedule two yeah. cocaine is on, which, so right. it's just, it's very interesting. <laughs> and for the record listeners, schedule two means that it does have medicinal benefits. So cocaine. If used appropriately. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so, you know, we connected because of uh, an, uh, an interesting cannabis on my part and I, what's the deal? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to start because I'm so, I'm just so angry as somebody, I have neuropathy, uh, from diabetes. The reason I'm a sober, uh, I'm sober from alcohol is because of my diabetes diagnosis. I lived a really rough life in my twenties and early thirties. And at 32 got diagnosed with diabetes. And that day I quit sugar. I quit processed carbs. I've only had water to drink since that day. Uh, just, Total, totally and radically changed my life. And 
I just keep getting angry as somebody who needs this for nerve pain from neuropathy that I did to myself. I fully will take accountability for that. But it's this cheap plant that grows in the ground that, that eliminates the symptoms of my neuropathy. I, what's the deal? <laughs> if you're accountable yeah. for the story of Wisconsin right now, what's the deal? You told, yeah. me, you told me you we're, we're all good today as long as I'm not pounding my fists on the table <laughs> saying, God damn it. But here I am saying, God damn it, what's the deal? So I agree with you yeah. that the most dangerous thing about weed in Wisconsin is that it's illegal. Mm. And um, when I first ran for the legislature uh, a little over 10 years ago, I did not campaign on cannabis policy. Um, I was running, it was in the middle of Act 10, which um, for those of the folks that are listening that are like, what the heck is Act 10? Uh, That's when um, Governor Walker took away collective bargaining rates for um, public sector government employees. And there were months of protests with hundreds of thousands of people walking around the Capitol building saying, what the heck? You teach our kids in school. The will of the people is the law of the land. But here you're having a policy written not even by a legislator, but by a governor and some special interest groups mm-hmm. um, to upend the way it is that we live in the state of Wisconsin and how it is that we see each other, removing compassion, removing protections. And um, I was one of the people walking around the building at that time. So most of the campaigning at that point in time had really to do with labor rights and protecting our public schools. That was such a wild time. There was some environmental stuff because there was conversations about some major mining projects in the state of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really, that's what was on people's minds. That was the points of discourse as I was knocking on doors, the stories that I was hearing and really a big motivation on why it is that I ran for office. But shortly after I was elected, I had people coming to me, not only in my district as a state assembly representative representing primarily the north side and mm-hmm. parts of the east side of the city of Madison, but I had people from all over the state of Wisconsin contacting me and talking to me about how the prohibition of cannabis in Wisconsin was harmful, whether it was the mother whose child lost their student housing um, and their scholarship because they were popped uh, with a blunt in the ashtray of their car when Mm -hmm. they were driving home. So stupid. I'm getting so angry right now. (laughs) Or whether it was, um, you know, a a black person from uh, Milwaukee who was being racially profiled for, you know, walking across the street, jaywalking across the street and got a citation um, and arrested for possession right. of a product in their pro- pocket. They yeah. weren't even yeah. um, carrying it. Or the gentleman who lives up north who was a, um, a veteran um, who had severe PTSD and major uh, mental health issues that found um, real relief with cannabis and was growing his own and had his house raided yeah. by law enforcement officers and could never hunt Again, right. because his guns were, right. were removed from uh, him, right? The, the, the stories just go, like, these are just a three right. stories of thousands of stories that people were sharing. And I don't know why people decided to share these stories. Maybe they were sharing them with other people and I was just hearing them mm-hmm. um, because it was the first time I was elected. And I hear people. Yeah. And I started asking questions about our policies in Wisconsin. And it became really clear after some you know, thoughtful research, good conversations with people who are afraid of legalization, as well as people who are pointing out the wrongs of prohibition, 
that prohibition didn't work in Wisconsin when it came to alcohol. It didn't work in Wisconsin <laughs> when it came to margarine, right? There right. was a point in time when you couldn't buy margarine in Wisconsin. You had to drive to another state. Certainly not working with cannabis. Mm. And we are, and it, it, it is adding danger. It's removing prosperity. Um, we are less safe. Yeah. Um, and we're backwards thinking. Uh, when you look at a map of our country, of the states that have legalized, uh, we are an island of prohibition. Oh yeah, and I, well, we're, I think I think I just read this week that Maryland is um, legalizing that they just passed something. I believe I they're th- close. I'm pretty sure, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think that brings it up to either thirty nine or thirty eight states. Well, and now you have Minnesota, who's right? very close yeah, to yeah. closing their loopholes, and they'll be a responsible adult usage state yeah. as well. Um, so, uh, if not. Now, when, Um, and you know, how do we, how do we do it in a way that we're not picking winners and losers where we're actually creating a sound policy that creates more safety in our communities. Um, It increases health, it increases prosperity, um, and it helps Wisconsin also be a state that's moving forward as opposed to moving backwards. That's right. Our state motto, you know, you know, so a lot of people don't know this, but, uh, I run a thing called Legalize Wisconsin. All it is is a, an Instagram and a Facebook account, right? But I, I made this video once that just talked about that, that word, forward. You know, we, we chose that to represent ourselves, to represent our desire as a state to always be a progressive leader in the nation. And I just, and, and we, we were. When it comes to cannabis in the 70s, at least Madison said, hey, we got to, this is bunk. This is, let's decriminalize it. And Madison in 2019 obviously took it even further. You know, I think... For proponents in Wisconsin, it's very easy to say, well, you know, you've got that giant political lobbying group called the the Tavern League of Wisconsin. You one time told me it's not the Tavern League. I just, I don't buy that. I just... I don't, I don't, I really don't believe it's the Tavern League that's present, preventing legalization in the state of Wisconsin. I know it's easy to, to point to them, but if you look at other states, right, like maybe 10 years ago, people thought it was the Tavern League when Colorado was right, right. at the, the front of that uh, line. But all the other states that have legal cannabis for responsible adult usage have very successful liquor industries as well. They can't touch Wisconsin. So this is, you know, <laughs> Listen, even if Corbell we legalize... Brandy has, right. their, has, has a bay for Wisconsin. <laughs> they have East Coast, West Coast, Wisconsin. So you, I mean, you know that alcohol here is different. It is different, well, I, but I, I, but people are going to still use alcohol right. once we legalize. And I don't think, for me, when I blame the Tavern League, I don't even necessarily mean that it's their their lobbying dollars and their their influence and things like that. I think in an in an overall kind of way, it's it's the Wisconsin attitude of we've chosen our vice. And it's alcohol. Our substance is alcohol. So, I, you know, I, I think that, but, it, 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 I, you know, you, everyone's going to pick their demon. And yeah. people have picked uh, the Tavern League and they've picked alcohol culture in the state of Wisconsin as being the demon. I don't believe that it's the demon when it comes to cannabis policy. Hmm. Um, I believe that the cannabis industry, there is this bill is not the introduction of a new vice in the state of Wisconsin. We have a wildly successful illicit market in the state of Wisconsin when it comes to access of cannabis. Right. Uh, if you go to any kid at one of the high schools, and I'm not encouraging you to do this, <laughs> uh, and you give them uh, 50 bucks and you say, uh, this is the amazing race, whoever gets to me first, you go to an alcohol store, liquor store, and, I, and you find some weed. Who's going to be back to you first? Yeah, yeah. 
uh, the, the weed person is going to be back to you before the liquor store person. I guarantee it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, that is part of why it is that I think that we need to change, uh, the rules in the state of Wisconsin, that anyway. having yeah. some sort of regulation so that people know what it is that they're getting, what is the quality, um, that they're able to buy it in a safe manner, that uh, they have some predictability on what the product is that they're getting. We already know if you drive to the borders of the state of Wisconsin, the dispensaries on the borders are lined. They're riddled with Wisconsin's cars. I, I will sit here and say, uh, both as somebody who used to be a resident of a legal state in Colorado, but also somebody who uh, has been uh, somebody at those dispensaries on the borders of legal states here, and as somebody who has bought in from the legacy market here in Wisconsin... I prefer to have some knowledge of what I'm buying. Yeah, I, I a lot would, of a lot of people. You're not alone. Yeah, I, you are I not alone. The, I have only bought Legacy Market, and and for people listening, Legacy Market is like the typical. You know, you might say black market, illicit, the illicit market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's illegal. If you're buying weed from a person in Wisconsin on the street, that's the Legacy Market. I've only bought one time in Wisconsin that way, and even even knowing the person who I was buying from. They didn't have any information about what I was getting. Where was it they grown? could t- tell right. me it may be a strain, mm-hmm. but they could mm-hmm. tell me nothing besides mm-hmm. that. And that's not fun. No. <laughs> and as somebody who relies on that information, because along with like where it was grown, you're also be able to tell, we don't have to get too into this, but there are things, uh, THC is a cannabinoid. CBD is a cannabinoid. CBN, there are, right? right? There are so other many. cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you get that information when you're purchasing something, you can... It's hard to say definitely because federally we can't do the research that we need to do. Uh, but you can use that information to say, well, this will help me treat this ailment. This will help me treat this ailment. Ailment. Different cannabinoids do different things for the body. When you're buying illicit market, nine times out of 10, you're not getting that information. Yeah. Well, and I will say that um, I more than um, the alcohol industry in the state of Wisconsin, um, I very much believe it's the fear, the misinformation totally. of a very small handful of Republican legislators in the Capitol building that are preventing us from being able to move this policy forward. Mm-hmm. Cannabis legalization for responsible adult usage with the medicinal component, the bill that I have virtually drafted in Wisconsin for a little over a decade now, That's is wild. more popular than politicians' approval ratings, yeah. right? Nearly 70%, and it depends on what poll you're looking at. That matches trend lines nationwide. Mm -hmm. Um, Nearly 70% of the people in our state, plus and minus, um, support responsible adult usage. And we have all these shops in Wisconsin that are already selling CBD products um, and stressed CBD products that are Delta 9. I love Um, that you called it what it is, stressed CBD products. Stop buying Delta 8 products. Uh, because I, sorry, I'm right, going on a rant. Here. <laughs> it's I don't like Delta Eight products because it is chemically altered CBD. It is man-made THC, quote unquote. Right. It's but there's the, no regulation. None. So you think you're buying, you're going into a shop and it's it's laid out well and they've got educated people and it's clean um, and things are packaged nicely. But That's you have the, no, mm. there's no i no information about mm-hmm. what it is that you're getting in that bag or. Um, in that container. Take, and a, that take a cartridge of cannabis oil, mm-hmm. for example, that you vape out of. Th- this company that's made these Delta 8 THC products 
they have, like you said, there's no regulation saying, well, you can't cut it with this to, to make it go further. You just, you do, unless the company is just a good guy company, which I don't know how many companies are that There's a few of way. them out there, right. but we don't there's know, right? Right. And these you, companies- you have no idea what you're ingesting. Right. But even these companies and these shops are coming to the Capitol right. building and saying, could you please regulate us? Right. Yeah. They want us to. Yeah. Um, that is very uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's another- indication that it is past time for us to legalize cannabis <laughs> so in the state of Wisconsin, um, whether it's to address racial disparities, provide people access um, to a substance that provides them with relief. Mm-hmm. We can't use the word medicine, right? right. Because the um, FDA can't. is you the can't. one that gets to I, call I it can. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, whether it's uh, supporting our Main Street businesses, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, honoring people's personal liberties and freedom. Um, investing in our agricultural heritage in the state of Wisconsin. The list goes on and on. It is past time that we legalize cannabis. There are so many reasons why it is that we need to. And I think the icing on the cake is that there is real money in this that we could be investing (laughs) in. Mental health support, yeah. addiction support, the our one public thing I schools. Hear a lot of people say we could have good road. Every road could be fixed. <laughs> That's one thing I hear people say. Every all the road time. could be fixed, or every kid right, could have right. a social worker in their school. That's what I always right? say. Is um, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for when when a state legalizes that the uh, the social equity aspect mm-hmm. of legalization. To, for me personally, it just needs to be at the forefront of it, of you, when you legalize, and I don't just mean you as a person, you as a Senator, the state of Wisconsin, just in general, when, when it gets legalized, if you're not thinking about the people who've spent decades Mm -hmm. being persecuted based on misinformation, Mm -hmm. it's, you're just not doing it right. You're, you're just, you've got to be, you know, I, I want cannabis legalized because it does a lot for me with my mental health. It does a lot for me physically with neuropathy, but Right at the top of the list as well is the things that it's done to the people that I care about, of the negative side of the law of it. You you have an opportunity to just kind of talk with people in this uh, role that, as a senator, and, and I even mean uh, Republican lawmakers. What do you hear from them? Uh, you know, like, I, I think people maybe imagine that there's a, there's a sense of there's the public uh, Republican Wisconsin standpoint. And then there's the hallways of this building that we're in, the Capitol, where they're like, well, yeah, I mean, we're going to legalize eventually. We're just, you know, we're not yet. What, what do you hear from, from that side? What, what do you think the future of cannabis in Wisconsin is realistically? Because most people that I talk to say, well, it'll get legalized here when federally it's legalized. Yeah, well, it might be. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wisconsin is one of 10 states that have not expanded healthcare access to mm-hmm. every citizen of our state, right? So that means 40 other states have taken that action. Um, and we are on a list of other um, very popular policies that we are not moving forward, primarily because we're so extremely gerrymandered. Right. Um, and we can talk about gerrymandering, what that means later if you uh, want to. Uh, but ultimately... I think if we were able to bring this bill to a vote in our capital right now with the makeup of the legislature that we have um, in both the Senate and the Assembly, that it would pass. Hmm. But there are gatekeepers in the Republican leadership that don't want to give 
either. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's not one answer that you're going to get from I, the Republicans, right? Think, yeah. So maybe it's giving credit to Tony Evers or Melissa Agard. Uh, maybe it's introducing a new substance um, into the state of Wisconsin. Maybe it's because the feds have it scheduled at Schedule 1. Um, maybe it's because it's a gateway um, drug. Mm. Maybe it's because people shouldn't record, be high not. driving, right? So all these things that I've said, I don't agree with. Right. But these are... Different people will give you different answers as to why it is that it's not moving forward. There's not a consistent answer from everyone in the Republican Party. Hey, at the top of the show, I told you about our next live event, Story Slam Boldly, that's happening on May 20th at the Wilmar Center. It's going to be a great time. Come on out to that. But I also wanted to make you aware on October 7th at the Wilmar Center, we'll be doing another one of our Read It and Weep events. Read It and Weep is a very unique, special event where we invite people to submit pieces, things that they've written, journals, letters, short stories, poems, songs, whatever, anything they've written before they graduated high school or that they have at least 10 years of separation from. You submit it before the show and we curate a very special night where you come and read it in front of an audience. Check the show notes for more info. But we do know that the bottom does not drop out. In states that legalize, um, you're actually able to address Many of these concerns with well thought out policy, you can address impaired driving, you can address youth usage, you can address workplace protections, you can address um, how it is that you invest the money in your community, right? I just had a thought is it, it, could it be that one of the reasons of like, we don't want to legalize this is because that all sounds like a bunch of work? you know, getting that all that regulation set up and putting all of that thought and all of that, making sure every T is crossed and every I is dotted and this is buckled and this is done. All of it sounds like a lot of work. And could it be that there are just some people in this building that are like, I didn't come here to work that hard. Uh, well, I mean, that's good trouble. That's the kind of work I like, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it's a lot of work to maintain prohibition of cannabis in yeah. the state of Wisconsin. And I look at it that way. It's a I headache. look at like... Oh, the law enforcement officers, they could actually be addressing fentanyl poisoning in our communities. They could be addressing drunk driving on our roads. They could be addressing domestic violence and and gang violence. They could be addressing people that are not following traffic laws on our streets. But the laws in the state of Wisconsin in regards to cannabis are the way they are. They're utilizing some of their very thin resources um, to, I think... Enforce bad laws, right? Um, But it is their job, and I'm not an apologist for um, our police departments. But like, there is work. We all want to live in in safe communities, but Wisconsin is actually less safe, and it is actually more work to have prohibition than it would be to actually do the work to get it done right. It's complicated. I mean, it's. Did you play Rubik's cubes when you were little? Right. It's like a matter of you move it one turn and everything changes, right? Mm-hmm. And that it, it is can, cannabis policy, policymaking in general. It is a bit like playing with a Rubik's Cube, right? And like you move one thing yeah. and it's going to change other components. It's not uh, you a talk about puzzle. one thing and yeah. you start seeing uh, the complications of actually addressing this. But mm. if you do take the time and be thoughtful about lining things up, talking to people who are excited about cannabis right. change, as well as people that are terrified about changes in cannabis law, 
um, working with experts, people who have been um, at the front lines, um, whether they're in the industry um, or they are um, consumers, we can do this. Yeah. We've sent people to the moon for gosh sakes, right? <laughs> like we can create a policy in Wisconsin in regards to cannabis that is fair and equitable, that mm. creates justice, provides security and opportunity for the people of our state, um, as well as invests in our egg, our main streets, uh, and entrepreneurial dreams. Yeah. We can do this. It's it's a you know if if cannabis is a gateway anything it is a gateway gateway to opportunity. opportunity. I say that. Oh really? I didn't know that. (laughs) I do. Well, we're on the same page. I mean, it really is the the opportunity that cannabis brings to Wisconsin. It's you know people immediately think dollars and tax dollars and absolutely think that, but there is there's a lot of personal development that can happen for a person just mental health wise with cannabis. But if that's too woo woo for you. Entrepreneurship, the people out there in cannabis who come up with these great ideas and go out and pursue it with a passion that they've not pursued mm-hmm. other things with because it, other things just haven't clicked. It's just, it sucks being in a state that has just been like, well, we don't want people like that here. Well, but they do want us. Right. Right. They do, but they don't. But we're not supposed to talk about it. Right. Right. I, I'd, I'd be curious to hear your perspective on there's, I'm sure there are people out there who are like, yeah, legal cannabis would be great, but you know, the, the time and the cost of really advocating and, and making it happen is, is too great because at the end of the day, we're going to legalize it and then a lawsuit is going to come in and, and it's going to just be like, well, reversed and that's not going to actually happen. But we just had a really important uh, election here in Wisconsin for the Supreme Court. I'd be curious to hear your perspective on how that's going to influence, maybe how it will influence finally when cannabis is introduced in Wisconsin. And then also just hear your your general thoughts about uh, that election and, and what it means for us here in Wisconsin. Yeah, so um, exciting. Uh, in Wisconsin, we just recently had an election uh, to fill a vacant spot on our Supreme Court. Uh, it's not vacant, but we have a Supreme Court justice who announced they weren't running again. Um, so an open seat on our Supreme Court. And um, Judge Janet Protozeowitz uh, ran for that seat really on the foundation of um, being a backstop for democracy in the state of Wisconsin. And um, I think that we do have an opportunity for the Wisconsin State Legislature and the citizens of Wisconsin to actually have something called hope Hmm. again. Um, It's been a while since we've felt that um, feeling, hope. it's, it's 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 a pretty nice feeling when you um, can embrace it. But the hope that our government will actually work for the will of the people, again, in our state. It's actually engraved on the ceiling of the governor's conference room. The will of the people is the law of the land. Hmm. Um, and I think it's been a while since that's, since that's actually been the case And you here. know what's interesting about that is that when the first, uh, the first draft of the Wisconsin, uh, con- congr- uh, the Wisconsin, what's the word I'm looking for? Constitution. Constitution. The people rejected. It it was too progressive. There were certain things that lawmakers in Wisconsin thought, hey, we're going to be forward and we're going to be leaders in this nation. And they presented it to the people and the people said no. And and they listened. 
And it just, you, you've, you've, you've hinted at it a few different times, the will of the people. It just seems when it comes to cannabis, sorry to go back, right back no, to we're cannabis. we're good, yeah. We're just not listening to that. We're not listening. And, and you're absolutely right that this, this Supreme Court um, election was huge in terms of if you're thinking about the will of the people. That's right. And I think one of the very first things that I am most excited about the Supreme Court taking up is... Um, the potential of having fair district maps in the mm. state of Wisconsin. Preach. There are people out there um, already playing their hand that they plan on filing um, filing cases that will be heard by our Supreme Court, uh, depending on who you talk to, uh, whether you're 48, 49, or 50. Uh, Wisconsin is one of, if not the worst, gerrymandered state, yeah. which yeah. means that the districts, um, the lines that define who it is that elected officials represent are drawn in a way that benefit the elected official as opposed to drawn in a way that benefit the people that live in those districts or the people of the great state of Wisconsin. Um, and I anticipate that that will be a case that will be heard by the Supreme Court. And if that case is heard, I am hopeful that we will have more fair lines drawn yeah. to define the districts of who represents who um, who is the true boss? Is the true boss the elected right. official or is the true boss the people yeah. who sent that elected official mm. um, into that government body? And once that happens, because we know that the vast majority of the people in Wisconsin support cannabis policy, probably over 70% well, I mean, we support there, there's responsible adult usage, over 80%. Non-binding referendums right? throughout the we state have, have shown that. that. Right. So you have Pew Research, you have the Marquette Law School polls, yeah. you have non-binding referendums. You we have, know you that have this the is fact the that the mayor of the town of South Beloit, when they legalized, said my town's entire budget relies solely on Wisconsin's <laughs> failure to legalize. If that's not proof, I mean, come on. Yeah. Sorry to point. No, we're good. We're good. We're on the same side on this one. So I am hopeful that once we do have more fair maps in Wisconsin and elected officials are actually elected to represent their people as opposed to special interest groups, yeah. um, that we're going to be able to get this policy passed, um, as well as other policies that are very important to the people of the state of Wisconsin. Let's protect our environment, make sure that our water does not have lead or PFAS in it. Um, let's make sure that our, our land isn't contaminated. Yeah. Uh, let's make sure that our schools are funded, um, that let's people have health care. Let's make sure that people can make their own health care decisions, whether yeah. they're women or trans folks, right? Yeah. We, need to, um, we need to stand up and do the right thing. And cannabis legalization is one of those items that um, having more fair maps provides me with a lot of hope when it comes to this policy. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you you do hear a lot of people that talk about uh, Wisconsin being gerrymandered, and I always wonder: Do you know? Do you exactly know what that means? Do, do you like? I understand you, that you're with me that it's a bad thing, but do you do you really understand? So yes, I'm glad that you talked a little bit about uh, what it means that we're gerrymandered. Uh, bef and before we like really really grow, go grow, uh, <laughs> so many puns, <laughs> right? Uh, I did want to. I, I know that you're doing something right now called the Grassroots Tour, or you're gearing up for it. You're doing something. So what is the Grassroots? tour and and how are you hoping that it affects uh, Wisconsin's story when it comes to cannabis? Yeah, so I know that it is important when it comes to a policy as big as this that I'm hearing from folks all across the state of Wisconsin, yeah. not just within my district. Um, and I know that there are so many people that are represented by Republicans who refuse to engage in these conversations. Um, so I'm getting ready uh, to travel across the state of Wisconsin 
um, and visit some of these unregulated dispensaries and talk to the business owners about what their hopes are, talk to if the folks that are walking in are willing to chat with me. Um, but also with every stop, we will be having an actual town hall listening session. Awesome. We'll all be reaching out to folks in the community and inviting them in. And I'm hopeful that people who are wanting us to reform cannabis policy in Wisconsin show up and maybe people who are afraid of cannabis reform show up. So we're able to actually have real um, gritty conversations about what this would look like and how we make sure Wisconsin is more safe and prosperous. We're going to start our tour driving across the state of Wisconsin um, in the month of May. We'll be in Platteville, Wauwatosa, in Eau Claire. Um, and then on June 1st, we'll be in Wausau and there will be more stops announced That's throughout exciting. the summer. That's really exciting. And so you're going to stop at these, uh, you call, call them unregulated dispensaries. Uh, that's probably a good, <laughs> it's probably a good head shop. You know, have you like, do they know you're coming? Or are you just like, here I, I am. Mean, yeah. I, most of them, we will be reaching okay. out and letting them yeah, know yeah. we're stopping in. I don't want to freak anyone out right. walking in. And yeah, that'll be fun. It, you know, we've had conversation about that. I think it's important. Uh, story is important to me. Uh, obviously, this is Madison's Story Slam. And one thing that I think would be important, that is important to see the change that we'd like to in this, is that people hear the stories of the people who are impacted by cannabis, whether it's, you know, I was locked up or hearing the stories of this is how I benefit from cannabis. I drive Uber on the side, and and when the state boys wrestling tournament was in town, I was able to do a lot of driving of people who are not, uh, you know, Madison different. You know, they always they, they all talked about how different people in Madison are, right? But the, the common thing that came up because I am a, a cannabis advocate wherever I go, so I'll always talk about it. There, all every corner of Wisconsin, everybody that that was there and represented was like, I, "We don't get it. Like, what's the point? Why is everybody making a big deal of it? Like, why it should be so." People are ready. They're just the majority of Republicans in Wisconsin are ready for this. Yeah, and um, I very much believe that it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when, yeah. and it's a matter of the details. Hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I would encourage uh, the folks that are listening, and um, as they continue to have conversations with folks, to pay attention to actual details hmm. of policies that are being introduced by lawmakers, um, because. Uh, you may have a Republican that puts out a bill that is very restrictive. And in fact, we could end up being like Ohio, where oh, the advocates no. stood up and said, we're so excited, we're so close, but no, we want to shut this down and we want to do it the right way, right? So the devil's in the details yeah. when it comes to all lawmaking. Certainly that's the case with cannabis policy. And I am so excited to be able to travel around the state. You get to connect meet with folks, people. Yeah. Connect with them, right? Let's build up that the stories, allegory. Yeah. Yeah. Let's build up the compassion, see each other for who we are. Um, and let's solve this problem. Absolutely. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I am going to try and make at least one of those events. I hope you do one around here. I know you're traveling the state, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll go to one no matter what. Well, Senator, I, I have just had such a great time talking with you. I hope the listeners have enjoyed uh, hearing me fawn about cannabis cannabis, and go on and on about it. But um, it's important. If, if we believe that we're free here, it's just time. Uh, but I did want to talk to you, you know, on May 20th, um, next month, we have our first live event that we've had in over three years. The pandemic kind of killed us a little bit and me moving out of state definitely killed us, but I'm back. And so our events are uh, where people come, they gather, usually about 150 to 200 people will come to the Wilmar Center and then 10 to 15 people sign up to, to tell a true story based on the theme of that night. Our theme on May 20th is boldly. 
And we chose that theme in honor of a guy that passed away from our group, a guy named Dave Nelson, who was maybe the boldest storyteller I've ever met. And then also because it's a fundraiser for the Wilmar Center, we're actually raising money to help them put on the Fete de Marquette uh, festival that they do every summer. And, and I just think that the Wilmar Center is a bold thing in and of itself. It is bold to have an entire building and organization dedicated to meeting a community where they're at. Maybe that doesn't sound very bold to people, but in a world where it's really easy to self-isolate and close off other people and say, I'm just here for me, it's pretty bold to stand up as an organization and just say, no, let, let us meet you where you're at and connect you with other people. So thinking about that boldness and, and that our theme is boldly, I'm wondering, is there something, an experience, something you've done for the state of Wisconsin in your role as a senator that you think that was pretty bold? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I love the Wilmar Center. I grew up uh, in that neighborhood yeah. and uh, it is part of who I am deep into my fabric of my core. Same. So I love the fact that you have that connection with the Wilmar Center um, I would say, aside from cannabis policy, like as a freshman legislator, yeah, really uh, to bold. drop that bill, <laughs> I didn't know what the ground was going to swallow me up and eat me, uh, or if there was going to be good things that happened. But that that was a bold day. That's a conversation for sure. Um, for sure. Uh, but I will say that I'm going to reflect on. Uh, being a proud kid of the Madison Public Schools and having four boys in the Madison Public Schools um, and seeing the magic of our schools and our teachers who remind us every day that our dreams matter um, and that even when life is hard and it seems like the deck is stacked against you, um, that you should never give up on your dreams mm. and that you need to continue moving forward and pushing through hard times. Um, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for our public schools. And just this weekend, I had the opportunity to be um, a, an award recipient through WEAC, which is a statewide teachers organization, mm -hmm. um, as a champion of public education. Awesome. And being in a room with all of those heroes and having them recognize me when I feel like actually they right. are the ones that deserve that recognition, right? right? Like that, um, I felt like I was five-year-old Melissa going to kindergarten for the first time <laughs> walking in there to accept this award. That's funny. Um, but it reminds me of how bold I need to be um, as a policymaker, not mm. necessarily taking the easy road or um, doing things simply because um, it's what people think I should be doing, but pushing forward and um, doing hard work yeah. um, for the right reason. Yeah. I love that. And you know, it's a good reminder uh, to something I said at the beginning, and, and I'm glad we could remind you of this, that um, you have a bold position because your position puts you majorly in charge of a major part of Wisconsin's story forever and eternity. You know, maybe it's hard to remember this because you're just here every day, right? You, not that it's punching the clock for you, but to a certain degree, it just becomes a routine. You are shaping history for, you know, you said something during our conversation today where you talked about that you're making policy and, and decisions that represent not just the, I think you said 180,000 people in the district. And, and then you said, but also people, other people in the state, blah, blah, blah. but I immediately thought, but also future generations and yeah. more and further on. It takes an incredible boldness to do what you do and to do it so well and with such grace. It's just, I'm proud that you're my state, state senator. It's, it's just, it's great. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for being an advocate and a champion for cannabis and the things that are important in Wisconsin. Um, 
yeah, I just thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much again to Senator Agard for being willing to come on the show and talk to us a little bit about what it's like to be responsible to steer the ship that is the story of Wisconsin in her time working for the people of Wisconsin. What what an incredible uh, perspective she has on what it is to be a storyteller and to connect with people through story. If you would like to connect with Senator Agard, I know that you can always reach out to her Online, You can check the show notes for where you can do that. But you, yes, you, Mr. or Mrs. I'm not quite too sure about cannabis in Wisconsin. You should go out and connect with Senator Agard and her team on the Grassroots Tour. It's starting in May. Going to add some more dates through summer. It will for sure be informative. It will for sure be something you will not want to miss. And, you know, I'm going to be there. And I think... I think maybe me and the senator should get together and and talk a little bit more about uh, the responsibility that we have as activists and advocates for cannabis uh, to inform people about the misconceptions and the misinformation and maybe turn that ship around slowly and maybe one day we'll see it legalized here in Wisconsin. Hey, we'll see you next time. And as always, I love you.